Hi, everybody, and welcome to Girl Club. It is another very special episode this week where um, all four of us, real girls, having real talk about real issues and seeking to apply our real faith are here to actually allow you to kind of meet us in a different way through our testimony. And uh, every week, you know that our goal is to provide you with a look at how to actually live your life from dating to sex to marriage and celibacy, not necessarily celibacy and marriage, but to all of the above and raising your kids, uh, dealing with your own brokenness, dealing with your own life challenges and overcoming the things that try to break you every day. So the whole crew is with us today. And um, I'm blessed to have the crew of women co-hosts and sisters in Christ that I have right here on Girl Club each and every week. They share, they teach, they encourage, not just all of you, but each other. And they do so from a place of transparency and, as I said, realness. And from a place of, man, just abundant overflow that comes out of their hearts. And so I am blessed to bring you this series each and every week. And I hope that each and every week you're all getting as much as we hope to give to each and every one of you. There are some who've been here from the beginning who know our stories, but as our audience grows each week, um, it's become more and more clear to me that you needed to actually know who we are. Why should you care? Why should you understand that we're each prepared, you know, uniquely prepared and capable of bringing you um, a better and a deeper relationship with Christ through the things that we um, are trying to teach you. So in short, you know, Christina Reynolds, she's an awesome singer, songwriter, teacher, and evangelist. You know, Nova Page, she's another powerful singer, songwriter, teacher, pastor, and evangelist. But you haven't, and you know me, and uh, each one of us has, um, you know, shared our testimony. And there's there's one more, and and we're gonna we're gonna take it on right now um, because we've got a hilarious and wonderful part of of Girl Club. Her name is Christina Boudreau, and Christina is a powerful evangelist. Man, she's a successful plus size model. She's a member of Ryan Reese's The Whosoever's. But in all of the things that she is, honestly, it's the powerful evangelist that really, um, it, it really gets me because Christina, I'm, I'm not even sure if you're aware of just how incredible a gift you have to take something that would seem to be a, a lesson that most people would walk by, you know, this mug, right? You know, this, this, this bottle of water, whatever. And actually before God's done, you have seen a lesson in Christ in the most obvious and often boring or mundane or hilarious things. Um, like your Vax card story that ended up in just the deepest lesson about who God is actually in our world and in our lives today. So um, I don't want to waste another minute. I just want to get right into this. And um, I want to remind you guys that everybody has a story. You know, each and every one of you has a story. And through us sharing ours, we hope to encourage you to understand that this world 
as scripture says in Revelation, overcomes by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And that is the testimony of what God does in our messes when we allow him to take our mess and turn it into a message. And this woman has a message to share. So uh, CV, I want the world to meet you. So hey, everybody, meet Christina Boudreaux. And before they actually meet you in your testimony, um, we're going to, we've been doing this every week, um, kind of taking and finding a word that best describes the person that you all, listeners and viewers, are going to meet. And so um, Nova and Christina, uh, you Nova, you want to go first? You got a word? I'm so excited. I feel like the Holy Spirit just dropped this word into my heart for you, Christina, and I agree with you, Cynthia, what a powerful gift that you have. And I think the reason why I'm giving you this word is because I really believe it's true. I call you the river and a river is full of life. And, you know, it's interesting because a river is never stagnant. There's always something moving through the river. There are salmon that move through the river that um, there's things that are being created in the river and things that float on top of the river. The river is this powerful source for things that float on top of it. There's things in the river that you just can't see until you dive deep into the river. And I see you as that, um, the river of life and the way you speak and the way you communicate is so life-giving for people that mm. you, my darling, you are a river. Okay. I'll go next. I've been thinking, I've had a few words, but I think I finally landed on these ones. But Christina, when I think of you, I think of courageous authenticity. I'm going to break that down a little bit. I feel like since day one that I've kind of, you know, we've been on this, this show, this podcast together, you have been unashamedly transparent with your struggles, with what you go through. You just share the things that the Lord is teaching you. And a lot of it is like I've seen in your journey is something that's really hard and how you end up coming through on the other side. And sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's heartbreaking. Um, I can feel it though. And I just want to commend you for being courageous for all that you've gone through, all that you are going through right now. I've, I've never seen you back down. You don't back down. You don't give up in the fight. You don't let your circumstances or um, people to get you off track. Like I've always seen such an, a sincere and authentic, like an authentic reach for the Lord. And I think that's what makes you like a river of life or makes you someone that brings life to others because let's be honest, mm. we're all going through it. And the fact that you are have enough courage and bravery to share that with others, like it's kind of what I was sharing in my mind. I was, I was just like that realness is so necessary. And it's what our I it's what our generation and the next generation needs. And I see pouring you pouring out your life to all these teenage girls. I see all your posts with like these group of girls and I'm like, they are so safe with you. Because you're leading yeah. by example. You're not giving them fake Christianity. You are literally showing them lifestyle Christianity. So mm. with that, you are courageous. Yeah. You're living out courageous authenticity, and it's powerful. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. Mm. Mm. Okay. So my word for you, and I have to tell you, 
you are so like, I'm trying to find the word for impossible to put in a word, you know, because it's, you're bold, you're courageous, you're, you know, it's, you're a river, um, a, a tornado, sometimes like a whirlwind. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Cause I, I saw a whirlwind, like a vision of you as a whirlwind with a box of chocolates swirling, mm. like all these chocolates swirling around in it. And it was like the Holy spirit saying like, you're just this powerful force. And the box of chocolates was like, what are, what's a box of chocolate? Like it's, it, you know, that you're going to open it and everything's going to be good, but you don't know what you're going to get. You might get a salted caramel. You might get nuts. You might get, you know, a ooey gooey one. And and in all of that, it's like you're just like, I mean, CB, it's like you're transcendent. I mm. think that might be the word to try yeah. to sum everything. You're transcendent. You truly, you rise above circumstances and situations yeah. in such a real and authentic way that I really believe from day one here on Girl Club, you have helped others to rise above, to transcend other situations. You, you, you're transcendent in that, like nothing in your life that's happened to you. And you've had a fair amount of like crappy stuff happen, you know, and even the stuff you're walking through now with your parents. And that's kind of, it's still kind of, it's like, it looks a little crappy and difficult, but you're transcendent. Every week and every time you show up, you show up with Jesus, you show up with your sword, this man, the sword of the spirit, you show up and you slay mountains, you, 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 you wrestle demons and you cast them out and you impact lives and you transcend that which would want to keep you down. And Mm. it's, it's a, it it is a regal and elegant quality. You have. Mm. You have the same, I mean, truly, you're so cute because you'll joke sometimes about keeping your crown on and you encourage everyone to remember, recognize your crown and you all, you truly have a crown. You truly have a crown. And um, I think each of us has, is, has become very protective over you because the, the man that thinks he's going to put on a crown next to you. Oh, if he gets past us, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, but he's got to get past your sisters, man, because your big sisters really, we're going to sort it out because I know that I know that I know that you are called for kingdom purposes. You are in your lane and you are not for the faint of heart. Nothing less than a real man need apply. And I feel that we all arrived at that place in our journeys and that's why we have the husbands we have. And I'm so grateful for you and your testimony, Christina, because you're the voice of a generation, a generation of young women that needs to understand how to be transcendent. They need to rise above the culture around them and not be afraid to be a celibate, purity driven young woman of God waiting for the Lord, not chasing after men and looking for identity in social media. So with all that said, I know we could, we could, the three of us could talk about our experience of Christina Boudreaux, I think forever, because she's just everything. And so um, I want you guys to meet Christina Boudreaux and uh, take out a a pen and a piece of paper, because this is going to be another week where you need to take notes. Yeah. 
Thanks, guys. Number one, that really blessed me. So thank you. Sometimes it's hard to remember just who you are in the midst of the battle and the fight. And especially I've been in a season where I feel like I've had to be the one to really help set the standard for others. And sometimes I'm not always around people that are, you know, you know, like even my whosoever crew, I'm not around them all the time. And I'm in a season where the Lord's like having me remember who I am in the midst of the fight of things that I'm battling through. But as I was just like with Christina and with Nova and you, Cynthia, the Lord was just kind of putting on my heart to share about um, my testimony of 18 to like 32 of where I am now, because there's so much to share. But even up until I was 18, you know, just background of, you know, sexual abuse, rape, you know, abuse and eating disorders and cutting depression and suicide. And at the age of 18, the Lord really did a work in my life. And I just really had a heart from the time I was a little girl to love broken people. Like I remember when I was younger, always finding the people that didn't have friends, always finding the outcasts, always finding going up to homeless people at the age of six, seven, eight, and just loving them. Cause I always had eyes to see the unseen people and the unloved people in the world. And that's just always been my heart. And so when I was 18 years old, I told the Lord that I really wanted to love the broken people. I didn't care how messy it was. I didn't care what it looked like. I was willing to do the hard work. And so um, I just, I stepped into full-time ministry at the age of 18, but paired with a very successful career as a plus size model. Um, And so from the age of 18 till I was 28 years old um, in 2018, I was signed with the top agencies in the world doing ministry at a high capacity. And the way that I described the ministry that I did was almost equivalent to like what Mm -hmm. like Navy SEALs do, you know, Navy SEALs go in and they do hard ministry. They do hard, you know, and still to this day, you know, with what I do with whosoever it's, it's very hard labor. It's like these very um, taxing missions and ministry with addicts and prisons and, Um, you know, with very broken people. And so over time that took a toll on my soul. And um, I kind of want to use this as an illustration, but um, earlier on this year, I adopted a racehorse that had just retired and he had run very hard for a long time and his body was broken down. His mind was broken down because racehorses are drugged up to run really fast. Um, He had been injured. He had been abused. And when I got him, he had a lot of issues And that was a picture of me going into 2018 is that my body, like mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, because of the battles I was fighting, like, you know, with ministry and also with the modeling industry, I began to break down emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, um, battling heavy anxiety, battling heavy panic attacks. Um, And so in 2000, in October of 2018, I left the modeling industry. I left ministry to go to the mountains of Montana where my friends had a ranch at the time. And two days after my Ted talk, I flew back to Irvine and I flew back to Montana. I had a nervous breakdown and I lost my mind for about a week. And at that time, it was just, I think the demand of my agents, the demand of ministry, I felt like I had given so much of myself to people for so long that I didn't know who I was anymore. Like I looked in the mirror and all I saw was a warrior who had battled so hard. And on top of that, I was in a home where I was helping my siblings battle, you know, cause they were, you know, experiencing drug addiction. They were experiencing mental illness. The cops are at my house all the time. Like I was always 
in battle mode and I always had my armor on and I never was able to take my armor off because everywhere I went, like, was a battlefield. The modeling industry was a battlefield. Ministry was a battlefield. My home was a battlefield. And so when I had years and years of battle, I hadn't really ever had time to take off my armor to see the wounds that were beneath which scared me because, and I think all of those wounds began to bleed through my armor. And so basically in 2018, I had my breaking point where I was in the mountains of Montana and I lost my mind for about a week and I battled extreme suicidal thoughts. And I had a day where it got so bad where I was going to go to the corner store and get a bunch of pills and overdose to commit suicide because I was so, the pain was very real. Like, like those wounds bleeding through my armor were very real. The love that I thought I had experienced from the world and the modeling industry from ministry, none of that was enough to keep me, I guess that, that wasn't enough to help me believe that I was worth, you know, fighting for living for or that I was enough, you know, that I was valuable enough. And so, but on that day, the Lord reminded me, so deeply, just like how I reminded my horse this last year when I got him, because he had, my horse had secretariat in his lineage, which is the fastest race horse of all time. But after a racing career where he was very successful at Santa Anita, my horse was sent to the slaughterhouse and no one cared about the races he had won. No one cared about what was in his lineage. They were just like, well, he's done racing. We're just going to send him to the slaughterhouse. But on that day, just like my horse, the Lord saw me and he rescued me and he reminded me that I was loved. And that's what I did with my horse this year. I reminded him that he was loved. And I went on a journey from 2018, even up until now, where the Lord reminded me that it doesn't, that he doesn't love me because of the races that I've run. He doesn't love me because of what I do or the battles that I fight. Like he loves me because of just who I am as his daughter. And that's what I did with my horses last year is I actually named my horse starlight because he was a, a, he was a light that was sent to me in my life by the greatest, you know, by the greatest source of light, which is Christ himself. The Christ is the star. And he was a light sent to me in my life. And with my horse, when I got him, he had a lot of anxiety. He had a lot of fear. He had a lot of trauma, but I loved him and I rehabbed him for about four months. And he's now like jumping in Northern California and he has a successful jumping career. But God saw a girl like me who had been so broken down mentally and emotionally and physically and spiritually like my horse. And he took me on a season where he just rehabbed my heart and helped me to see that I was more than the races that I had run. And now, just like my horse, the Lord has shown me, because I thought I was done, honestly, at that point. I was like, I'm never going back in the modeling industry. I'm never doing ministry again. But the Lord had reminded me that I don't run for man like I run for the Lord. And even when I thought that I didn't have any fight left in me, the Lord reminded me that I did. And he took off my armor for a season and he healed me and he's still healing me. And I'm back into doing like ministry now and modeling now, but this time coming back stronger than before, because the Lord showed me that my identity goes so much deeper than anything I could ever do for him and that I am worth fighting for. And I think that the crux of my story, at least within that, is just reminding 
everyone out there that God doesn't care about you, your success. He doesn't care about your giftings. He doesn't care about what you could do for him. He cares about you because of who you are. And he created you to be loved by him and for you to love him and for him to, for you to know him as his child. And I think that's the greatest journey the Lord has taken me on with my testimony mm-hmm. that he can hit the, that love is powerful because love heals and love healed my horse that when I got him, he was kicking and bucking and rearing. And the trainer at the ranch that I'm at told me, we don't like your horse. I can't do anything for your horse. Like your horse is crazy, but I loved my horse four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours at night, every day. And when I sold my horse to the family that now has him, they thought I drugged him because he was so calm and he was, he had such a good head. Like his mind had been like restored so much. And after they got back the blood test that they took and realized that he wasn't drugged, they were like, you did a really good job with your horse. And I was like, yeah, I just loved him and I was patient with him and I loved him through all of his stuff. And I think that that with me, well, because of my trauma, I was messed up like my horse, but the Lord's love completely restored my mind that I'm able to go back out now and battle for the Lord, not from a place of being wounded, from, but from a place of wholeness. Yeah. And that transformation is still taking place to this day, but it's Just share a little bit, share yeah. a little bit about your trauma. Also, Chris, yeah. Christina, you know, for those out there who are watching and listening, who they don't actually, you know, there's people I meet who've experienced sexual abuse, mm-hmm. who live their lives stuck in that place of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you could have been stuck in certain places, yeah. but instead you chose life. So mm-hmm. take us, take us through that journey and why you chose life. Yeah. So like last year during the lockdowns, my parents invited the family member that uh, like raped me, sexually abused me growing up back to live in our home. And I had previously lived with this family member the year before and then part of last year. And when I was with this, lived with this family member, I was always wound so tight when I was with them because I just had to go into this place in my mind where I had to survive. And for so long, I didn't believe that I was worth fighting for because, you know, my own parents, you know, invited this person into back into our house. And I come from a culture where an Indian culture, like from India, where abuse is so common that if you were to talk about it, it's shameful because it reflects back on your family. And so last year, right before I went on tour with the Whosoever's, my parents invited this person back in. And it was on that day. I remember going to Cynthia and Roger's house during that week, right before I left, you know, on tour. And I just, you know, and I just was like, dude, I'm done. And the Lord told me, I need you to pick up your, I need you to pack your bags because you're not coming back home. And I didn't know where I was going. And I live in Thousand Oaks now and the Lord's done amazing work with that. But I remember the day I had the conversation with my parents, they shamed me on the way out and they yelled at me. Even when I just told them, like, if you guys want to house this family member, that's fine, but I want to be safe. And so even in my journey over this last year and a half of moving out of my family's house, I had to move away from my whole Indian family. It wasn't just my parents. It was my cousins. It was my aunts. It was my uncles. Because if I see one of them, and I don't see all of them, if they are like a package deal, you know, then it's just going to get around my mom's family and it's bad, you know? 
But even this last year for Christmas, this last week, I had to remind myself, like I literally actually, yeah, because it's today's Saturday. On Thursday of this week, I was driving back from, El, um, I live in Thousand Oaks. So I had a photo shoot in Woodland Hills and I was driving home and I felt really lost, to be honest with you, at Christmas. I felt very lost. I was like, I don't want to celebrate Christmas because all I kept seeing in my mind was the day that I moved out of my parents' house and them yelling and screaming at me and making me feel guilty for wanting to be safe, you know, for wanting to, you know, not be around my abuser. Even when I told them, I was so gracious with them to say, if you want to help them, that's fine, but I want to be safe. And I literally went home and I felt so lost. And just these lies in my head were that were happening in my mind were like, if your own parents didn't think you were valuable enough to protect, why would anyone think you're valuable enough to have at their, their house at Christmas, you know, to invite you for Christmas. And so that night um, I went to, we had a high school Christmas party and I went home on Thursday and I ran the shower for about an hour and I just screamed because I just kept having these images in my mind of just, you know, my parents choosing this person over me and honestly feeling like trash. And um, yeah. And then even on, on Friday, I still felt lost. It still felt broken. And um, on, it was actually on, it was on, it was yesterday actually that the Lord put it on my heart to, to find the shepherds at Christmas, you know, like kind of how Jesus revealed himself to the shepherds in the fields and he saw them out of everyone. And so long story short, I'm going to, I'm organizing this like homeless outreach, you know, in my area for on Christmas Eve where I'm putting together these bags and I'm going to find all the homeless people and just love them and pray for them or whatever. But to be honest with you, Christmas is hard. And a part of me I have different people that have invited me over to their house for Christmas and Christmas Eve, but a part of me still feels, you know, that there's days where I, where I wonder where I belong and who I belong to. And the Lord has reminded me through that story of the shepherds, you know, like you belong to me and I see you, but it's very real and it's very hard because those lies still come. So, yeah. Can, I, can I just say life. one thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just have like, so there was another word that I got from the beginning, but I didn't, I don't know. It's not like me saying this, but I felt like the Lord was saying like over you, Christina, mine, he's going, you're mine, you know, and that you just how prized you are. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like just that stamp of your mind and that, that, that jealousy that he has over your heart and over you and how he will go to every great length to make sure that you are his. So, I mean, just to, just to reinforce what he's been speaking to you, I just feel like his jealousy over you and his mm-hmm. commitment over your life and that that is how he defines you. I mean, there's more to it, obviously. There's so much to you, just a complexity, you know, and all of the beauty that he's formed you in. But at the end of the day, he's going, she's mine. And I gave everything for this one. Like you are, you belong you belong to him and it's real. And I just pray that he would make that become your reality in the midst of all the voices of accusation in the midst of every little yapping little demon or family member who is in agreement with darkness, honestly, that his voice would ring loud, louder and that he would just place that on you as yeah. a banner. And I see it in all that you do with these, with these high school kids on your guys's outreaches, like, 
that is that is your testimony and that is what you're going to bring others into that freedom mm-hmm. of knowing that you belong and that you are you are his he says you are mine christina yeah yeah. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. How how do you, you know, when I think about your testimony and just even the fact that you're like all of us and like many people, you know, watching and listening, you're, you're still in the fight, you know, you're still in the battle in a lot of ways with, we're all, look, we're in the battle with our stories until the day that we die. I, that, that, okay. So yeah, right. Nova gets that, you know, it is. I mean, it, it, it's, in this world, we will have tribulation, Jesus said, but fear not, I have overcome the world. <laughs> so, okay, you know, um, but Chris, Christina, what makes you every day, because the, the, the other thing that you are is funny and hopeful and optimistic and strong and confident and bold as a lion. So, you know, you like many people, you go to share your testimony and it's like, wow, they went through that, man, if I can come out like that, you know, with what I'm going through, then there's hope for me. What makes you choose Jesus every day? You know, what makes you choose him every day? Cause you do continually show up and you show up with a lot. You don't show up broken and sad all the time. You Mm -hmm. show up and you, like I said, you have this gift of taking the simplest thing like this horse and actually seeing God in the journey with this horse and it translating to your own life. And then you speak it out and it hits all of our lives, you know, all of our lives who hasn't felt like we gave our best and then we're discarded, mm. you know, who hasn't felt like for all of our greatness, the applause wears off and they chose my abuser you know, who hasn't felt all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, but yet there's something in your testimony that makes you continually choose Jesus. What is that? What is that? So that others listening can make the choice for themselves. I think for me, it's my walk with the Lord has never been about Like I run with him and I run after him, but it's never about ministry. Like I just, even when I, like I'm thinking about this homeless outreach thing that I'm organizing on Christmas Eve and even believing, you know, everything I went through in Montana, you know, in 2019. And then I lost my home then because of abuse, like a crazy abuse situation. And then I lost my home last year because of abuse. I lost my home twice in 15 months because of an abusive situation but I told the Lord, like, I'm never going to stop running after you. And I think it's that I just realized that, you know, like kind of like Dory from, you know, Finding Nemo never like, you know, just keep swimming. Like I just, I never stop running and I just stay the course because I realized that if I just stay the course, even in the midst of the things that I don't understand, like I'm in the midst of a situation right now, I don't understand all of it. It's kind of, you know, whatever, I just stay the course and I stay obedient. I stay faithful. I seek the Lord and I serve the Lord that he has never failed me. And there's a lot of things we don't understand. I just finished reading the life of Joseph, you know, like through Genesis and he was faithful. And then he was sold into slavery. He was faithful in Potiphar's house. And then he was thrown into jail. He was faithful in jail. Then he was forgotten about. And then he was, he just kept being faithful, you know, during the two years of obscurity in, in the prison. And then he was promoted to 
Pharaoh's house, you know, and, and he even told his brothers, like, you know, God used, like, God allowed everything to happen to me so that the glory, his glory could be revealed. And so, and if it wasn't for Joseph's journey, then Israel never would have came there. And then people, whole earth would have gotten wiped out, known as all this stuff. And so I think I've just seen the sovereignty of God and suffering in my life. And Mm -hmm. I don't see suffering as a bad thing anymore. I don't see, Mm -hmm. you know, opposition or warfare or storms as a bad thing. I always see it as an opportunity that God is going to use it for a purpose because he's always used it for a purpose. And I believe that the Lord has allowed me like Paul's life. When you look at his life, his life was marked by suffering, but that's why his ministry was so powerful. And I believe that my life has been marked by suffering, which is why, like like an olive being crushed, that's when the oil is able to pour forth. And that's what has kept me raw. That is what has kept me real and relatable to people. And I would rather go through suffering and have a heart that's malleable and molded than turn into those people in ministry that become cold hearted, you know, over time and unrelatable and just boring you know like there's always a fresh fire yeah and there's always a fresh fire in my life because i'm always go i'm always in the fire or going through it or coming out of one and so that's something that honestly recently the lord really spoke to me and said all of this that you've gone through is just preparation for the real battles battles that are ahead and i'm just like okay, you know, and so I just, I just don't ever stop running after the Lord. And he is my pursuit always. So yeah. Mm. That is, um, that's the mic drop right there, you know, for, for all of this and, and never stop running for the Lord, never stop running after him. You know, I'm, um, I, (laughs) I listen, I get speechless a lot of times, but I'm definitely speechless after really and truly spending time really talking through all of our testimonies, you know, in the last few weeks in these special episodes, because I'm, I'm, I'm always moved by the power uh, that you chicks rock with. I really am. And CB, I'm so grateful to you for sharing and being transparent. You know, we've had the pleasure, the three of us have really, and many of you listeners who've been here with us for a while now, uh, we've had the pleasure of seeing you really go through these things, you know, really watching your testimony in some ways freshly. And I, I think you said it so perfectly, fresh fire. You know, I think if I could pray anything for all of us who are watching or listening and anyone who can hear my voice right now is that you would have a fresh fire that you would constantly have the fresh fire of the Lord in your life. And even if you're going through a fresh challenge, a new challenge, another challenge, yet again, a struggle, you know, Oh my gosh, more, whatever it is that instead of giving up and turning away from the Lord, you would chase him even harder that you would shame the plans of the enemy so greatly in your life that he would stop attacking you because all it does is drive you closer to Jesus. Mm. All it does is push you closer to the throne. And, and, and all that does in turn is give you a fresh fire, Mm. you know? So 
I hate to, I hate to wrap up. I, I hate to close because sometimes I just, the, the Holy Spirit is so present that I never want to leave the three of your presence, you know, and I'm, I'm aware of the blessing of, of what's going on, you know, in, in all of our lives, you know, in all of you listening and in each and every one of us here um, in studio. So does anybody want to feel led to pray us out? Should I pray us? You'll pray. Thank you. Unless Christina, you are feeling it. Christina's Boudreaux. Nova, take it home. Okay. Holy Spirit, you are so wonderful. Your presence is so beautiful. And we each sit in a different room, yet we can taste of your presence. And we're so thankful. Thank you for the life of Christina. Thank you that you saw her when she was knit in her mother's womb and you see her today and she is wanted and desired and loved and cherished. Thank you for her depth and her wisdom and her integrity and her kindness and her servant's heart and her mouth that speaks truth. Thank you that she is so deeply connected to the vine. Thank you that you are truly her life source. God, thank you that you woke her up today to live out kingdom. Thank you for her testimony and the things that you've brought her through that we could partake in the story. Thank you, God, for um, everything that you have spoken today. And I pray for the women and the men that are on the receiving end of the truths that were spoken, the testimony, the story of your greatness and your goodness. Um, And God, I, I pray for continual deep transformation for those who don't know you, but truly desire to. God, we just say, have your way today in their lives, that they would say, yes, I believe you. I believe um, in Jesus and I accept you and um, that you will turn my mourning into dancing, God, and that your son has paid the price and um, it's your blood that has set us free. And so, God, I just, I thank you um, that there are days to come and that we will laugh at the days to come. And together, God's people said, amen. 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 Well, for all of you, we're going to, we're going to go. We're going to leave you with that beautiful prayer. Thank you, Nova. And thank you for your testimony, CB. Um, We're grateful for you, man. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful for the day that Pastor Holland Davis in at Calvary San Clemente said, there's a young woman you need to meet. She's going to fit right in with your crew. Yeah, she's an Esther too, who's rising. And um, come on, girl, keep bringing the fire. Keep bringing the fire. Thank you. All right. Hey, you guys, thanks for being a part of, of Girl Club. Thank you for taking time to meet Christina Boudreaux and... Uh, 
Tell them one more time, Christina. Fresh fire. Fresh fire, dude. (laughs) I love it. Fresh fire, dude. We'll see you guys next time. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.